Welcome to For the Long Run, the podcast exploring the why behind what keeps runners running long, strong, and motivated. I'm your host, Jonathan Levitt. Through personal and professional connections in the running world, I have the privilege of getting to know some amazing athletes. I've always been fascinated by the psychological aspect of running, and this podcast is aimed at exploring this and much more. I hope you enjoy. Welcome back. Today, I have Sydney Gitabudai joining me on the podcast. Sydney, thanks so much for, uh, for taking some time to chat. Yeah, thank you. Uh, glad to be here. Glad to speak with, uh, you know, with the people that may listen and uh, share my knowledge and hear some of yours. For sure. So first question, who is Sydney? Sydney, uh, you know, uh, pretty simple guy. Um, you know, I currently I run for Tin Man Elite here in Boulder, Colorado. Uh, but, you know, Sydney's kind of moved uh, through places with his running career. Um, he started off in southern california um as just like a young high school runner that didn't know much but was just very excited by the the sport of track and field and cross country and uh moved his way to southern colorado in a small town called alamosa uh where uh adam state university sits in uh and so i spent there spent about five years there and uh decided i wanted to come up to, to boulder after i graduated and so here I am, you know, um, not much to it. Uh, you know, I've been running for about 10 years now and don't plan on stopping. And so I think that's, that's a big thing that governs my life, uh, currently. Awesome. Your bio on the Tin Man site reads once trained so hard, he couldn't feel his arms and legs. Now he's a Tin Man running 7:30 pace on his easy days. Went on a 140 mile bike ride to hang out with a girl. He's not afraid of commitment, ladies. Born in California, raised in Tanzania, speaks Spanish. That's a lot in one uh, one short little bio there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I guess sometimes I, I forget about those just because they're you know about some of those things just because they're yeah, they're so regular <laughs> uh, in, in my life, you know. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, all those things are true. Uh, you know. I say some of those things are, are kind of funny, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll gladly share on, uh, speak on any of those topics. <laughs> For sure. So, yeah. um, so Tin Man Elite is a training group out in Boulder mm-hmm. that I've enjoyed following, uh, over the years. I've had Reed Fisher on the podcast, um, before the 2019 Boulder Boulder, um, and, just love the the vibe that you guys put out and the sort of youthful um, fun you guys have with with running. So how yeah. did you get how did you get linked up with uh, with Tin Man? Yeah, uh, well, you know, I think early days, like when I was still in college, I kind of I'd met Drew, uh, who's you know who's one of the original guys on Tin Man, and uh, uh, you know just kind of kept in touch from there. Um, you know, just as kind of knowing each other as, as, as good, good, uh, good and great runners. Uh, and, and so, you know, as I was finding my way out of, uh, college and wanted to find a, you know, a team to train with, uh, you know, I reached out to Drew and, uh, he put, you know, he put me in contact with the rest of the guys to see if, if I would be a good fit. And it was, uh, it was fairly simple, you know, I think it was, you know, it was just a matter of, did I get along with the guys and would I add to the culture and be somebody that would be a, a positive addition? And so, uh, you know, I'm thankful for it. You know, they've given me a great year of running, uh, even though, 
not a lot of racing has happened in the last year, but you know, it's, it's been about, you know, one of the most enjoyable years of my life, uh, here in Boulder. What's been one of the biggest challenges of going pro? Um, I'd say one of the big, I mean, I think I felt this, you know, immediately, uh, probably last August or so was, I think, you know, some, some things were very much on me, you know, um, like rolling, stretching, uh, things like that, even though that sounds very simple and sounds like, of course, you know, we're all supposed to do that. But in college, you know, we got done with our run and our coach would be at the training room and he would kind of, uh, you know, he wouldn't give us things to do, but just like him being there and present for all those little things made it a lot easier for me. And now my, uh, my coach, uh, Tom Schwartz, he, you know, he has his own life. And so he, he, you know, he definitely has to get back to his family, uh, after practice and all that. And, you know, it leaves that, like those extra one percenters up to me, you know, like I don't have somebody that's going to hold my hand to go to the training room to, to roll out or to ice or do whatever. And so I uh, just figuring that out was, was big, even though I, you know, it's just, I think that's just very personal to me as an athlete. Just, I didn't quite develop those, uh, some of those skills, like very well and so i um over the last year i've just been working on that and doing those little things on my own and following my teammates as an example is was a big way of like figuring that out awesome let's roll back a couple of years uh why did you go or do you remember your first run my first run uh i think it depends on what you would consider my first run i have memories of maybe uh, a fifth grade uh, like presidential mile, uh, test, you know, uh, I'd say that was like one of my, like, that was like my first big moment in running, you know, uh, I know I ran before that, you know, maybe uh, like little jogathons or whatever, but, uh, I'd say that's a memory I, I cherish a lot, uh, just because, you know, it was, it was something that was built up for, for weeks and weeks, you know, because we were training ever after recess, every, every few days we would, uh, we just jog a couple laps um, on the grass fields at our school and that'd be about a mile. And that would just be kind of our, yeah, more or less training for that test. And uh, all year there's this, uh, there's a girl that, that I had a crush on that was beating everyone. Uh, <laughs> and all the guys, you know, I like obviously were, were upset that a girl was winning. Um, and so you know, I think it was like my goal because I, I felt like I was the closest one to her to to try to to try to go for it. And you know, that's obviously not the right thing to do as of now. But at you know, ten or eleven years old, that's kind of just the way you think. And uh, you know, I uh, I chased that, and she. I remember she made a mistake and kind of took a wide turn and all that. And you know, she ran a little bit slower than than I did by a few seconds, but. Uh, you know, it was, it was kind of a moment that like, like I felt like, you know, at the moment I felt like I achieved the goal, but I also like definitely put her situation in perspective and knew that like, you know, she, she would have like, if, if she hadn't made that wrong turn, you know, things would have been different. And, um, I think I was okay with that, you know, cause it like culminated in all of this and, uh, you know, I was, I was ready to accept either either uh, outcome you know because of that and just opened my mind up to to running and 
from then on, I just like, I started to watch running on TV when like the world championships would come on, uh, you know, watch the Olympics, like, and, you know, just became, just became a fan, uh, and which later led me to run in, in high school. And when did you realize you were pretty good at it? Um, I don't know. There, again, there are different moments just because, uh, I think I, you know, I like, I, you know, had some hurdles, I guess, that I, that I went through that, that I felt like, wow, I can't believe I, I did that. And I'd say the, the first ones were my freshman year of high school. Um, you know, I didn't do any other sports growing up. And so running was like my very first sport and uh uh you know i was getting better and better very quickly as as one would that's like underdeveloped and all but uh you know by the end of my freshman cross-country season i was i was running times that like my senior teammates were running and so like that made me feel very good about myself because i was a very competitive person um but it also yeah it just uh you know i really put that into like perspective and and uh and saw that, yeah, like I, I have something to, to give in the sport. And, uh, you know, I was set, you know, I think that's when I started making goals of being an Olympian and, and all that. And w- why do you still do it today? Why do I, yeah, I mean, I think it goes back to those roots and, and those goals that I set back then. Um, I'd say the biggest root is, is my dad, you know, uh, he's the one that really got me into it once once I really wanted to run, like as, as a, before my freshman year of high school, uh, you know, he, he runs every day and he does, he goes to the track, uh, every week and all that. And so he has a, you know, he, he definitely is a track runner himself. Uh, and so I, I started to join him and that was like, that was so fun. And it was like a way that like, I, you know, I went from being just like a kid with that just liked to play and, you know, had dinner with him to like, somebody who accompanied him for like hours and hours of like of track practice or or road trips to races or or whatever it may be and so it just developed my relationship with him so much that like I just I just don't think I want to stop in in any way uh just because I want you know the you know the things that we talked about the goals that we made and and all that to just to just fade away that's awesome um you had mentioned some hurdles along the way. Are those of the steeplechase variety or or uh, more uh, intangible hurdles? Yeah, I'd say, I'd say more intangible hurdles. I think, um, you know, from early on, like I said, I, I started to just, like, study the sport. And, uh, you know, I had set all these goals for myself for, like, age 15 and 16 and, you know, and so on. And, um, you know, I think they're more time time hurdles, but to me they're very, like – very large and you know like it's you know it's somehow that's like that's how i was motivated you know uh you know breaking the 16 minute barrier was was huge for me in the 5k you know and Mm -hmm. i remember being so excited uh for that and just like just like as soon as i did that you know i might have run 1550 something uh and like i was already set i was like okay now i'll break 15 you know it's like i was i was ready to jump into the next uh next goal and so you know is it necessarily like um like challenging or challenges that like adverse challenges i guess uh it was more so just you know the goals that i'd made and 
and somehow achieved, you know. Uh, so yeah. Cool. Um, what has been what What's been the experience training with a group or attempting to train with a group in 2020, <laughs> and all the variables that 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 brings to the table, and and how have you guys been able to sort of deal with those challenges? Yeah. Um, well, I'd say thankfully, um, like the team, they're about right now. I mean, with the newest guys, they're about 12 or 13 guys on the team. Um, and we all live together in three separate houses. And so, uh, you know, we did the most like, like responsible thing by, uh, you know, by pretty much canceling practice as a, as a full team. But knowing that we were, you know, our, our teammates were also home was, uh, was a great thing because, um, we could just kind of, we could choose different spots to go to so that we didn't meet up with the other houses. But, um, you know, uh, we, we still had great training partners and, um, it was all about just like, yeah, staying motivated and like, you know, realizing that this was an opportunity, you know, it's, it's not a, it's a good opportunity under bad circumstances for sure. Um, but you know, yeah, we, we've just kind of continued training, um, the same way that, that we were, you know, because we, we still have the goals for next year and the years after that. And so, um, yeah, I, I couldn't say much changed about the training. It's just that the, like the structure as, as a whole team did, did change a little bit, but yeah, we, we still, we still kept each other updated and kept each other motivated through like group chats and all that. And we shared our workouts, shared our splits, whatever it may be. And, um, yeah. And so, you know, I, I'd say we, seamlessly like train through it and uh you know we're ready to to race pretty soon here cool so with a group of 10 or 12 to 13 guys uh all male team and coaching staff do you feel like there's like what's what's missed and what's gained with with not having women as a part of it mm-hmm. yeah um uh, well so i'd say what's what's missed is just yeah the kind of is is definitely the people that we can we can reach out to because I think right now, you know, uh, I mean, honestly, I think as, as a group of men, I think we will inspire, uh, we, you know, we do our best to inspire everyone, like all the, like the younger runners, but, you know, I don't think we could do the same job that a group of strong women could, you know, and, um, one of the biggest things that like we want to achieve in the sport is like pushing it forward and, um, you know, honestly yeah like we we definitely have to eventually um bring in some some women uh to to join us and and hopefully uh you know kind of join the join the team and and be a part of it in the same way that that i was that i came in last year or the newest guys came in and so you know yeah we we want to inspire every you know every demographic every every area that needs to be supported in track and field and um, that, that very much includes, yeah, young women and, uh, and, you know, women of, of our age right now. And so, yeah, I know that's definitely the, in the plan for the future. Um, you know, I'm not sure when that will happen. And I, I think, I think part of it has just kind of come from how they, like how the team started, um, originally, you know, like the first two or three people that came to Boulder, it just, it was more or less, they just, they just moved here and, um, and just decided to be roommates. And then that's, that's where it came from. And so I think, um, part of it is just, yeah, we have to, we just definitely have to kickstart that same thing, um, 
with uh, with a group of strong women to to come in and and hopefully create the culture that will be enticing to other uh, young runners. Awesome. Uh, the the mantra is keep the ball rolling. What does that mean to you? Um, it's it's kind of a you know a no bad days kind of you know to me no bad days mantra. Yes, um, it's just you know you you think about what you're doing today uh, and you make sure that you'll be able to do tomorrow's workout. You know, you, you don't, you don't over, overstretch yourself, uh, today, uh, to where you're not able to complete tomorrow's workout. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's as simple as I can put it, you know, just because, um, you know, we want to be able to like hit weeks and weeks and months and years of great training. And the only way we're going to do that is by being consistently ready to run fast. Um, and so, yeah, yeah, just, you know, it goes from, uh, it goes back to my bio, you know, running 7.30 pace, easy days, <laughs> you know, um, like I, I need to do that so that I'm ready for my Friday workout. And then I need to get back to my 7.30 pace, easy days on Saturday to get, you know, get back to my Sunday workout, my long run. And so, um, yeah, yeah, simply, simply put is just uh, no bad days. Cool. Cool. Uh, well, I want to I want to dig through the rest of that bio. Tell me about that day that you trained so hard you couldn't feel your arms and legs. Yeah, well, this this is uh, definitely a thing that that happened after weeks, uh, and so you know, uh, at this point, I mean, I was never I'd never figured out what it was, but I had some sort of overtraining um, syndrome, uh, and honestly, I'd, I'd just wake up fatigued, and after like easy runs, long runs, anything like. I would just like feel like just like kind of a very strange sensation in my arms and legs, you know, uh, it would, it just happened over like, like over weeks and weeks of trying to run hundred mile weeks and trying to run them very fast, you know, um, you know, I just like, I had, uh, I had gotten the idea that like, that's what I needed to do to, to become a, a 13 flat 5k guy. And, so that's just what I did and it didn't quite work out for me. Uh, I did, I did get better, but, uh, you know, I don't think it was totally worth it because I think there, there were a lot of people that were, that were just as good as me, if not better, that, that did a lot less to, <laughs> to get to that point. And so, um, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's pretty much that it's, uh, yeah, it's just overtraining to the max and, uh, you know, hopefully I never do that again. <laughs> Is it hard to be in Boulder with, um, you know, you, I, I love spending time in Boulder and you walk down the street and you can see an Olympian and, and a world record holder and um, professional athletes and it's totally normal on, in any place. Uh-huh. Um, is, is that something that encourages you? Is there a, like a competitiveness? Is, how, how do you feel in that environment? I mean, it feels good. I mean it like i think through the year i've been more and more thankful for it you know uh it's it's just good because like you get to see those people that you look up to like in a in a very normal setting because you know i i have seen yeah several olympians several like national champions like in the streets of boulder and you know a lot of them are just humble regular people you know they're not like these crazy untouchable humans you know um they're right. just they just work hard just like i do and, um 
it makes it, you know, it makes them more relatable and it makes me feel like I can reach those heights. Um, and so, yeah, no, it's, it's 100% a positive thing. Uh, you know, I just, you know, I think I do get competitive, you know, I do think like, Oh, you know, every once in a while, I'm like, I'm going to beat that guy's time or I'm going to, you know, do the same things that he did out of competitiveness. But it's really because like, I'm inspired by them and it's like for them to be just normal people that just put in a lot of hard work, um, is, is definitely, uh, something that opens, opens things up for me. Cool. Um, digging through the the bio here uh, talk to me about that 140 mile bike ride. Yeah. Um, well, so yeah, this is definitely a topic. Uh, (laughs) it's been a topic (laughs) before. Um, and so, yeah, um, you know, it was my, I redshirted my freshman year at Adams state. And so we had, you know, uh, a group of freshman friends that, you know, we're going to miss each other for, for the summer. And, uh, one of, uh, one of our friends, Noel was, uh, living, uh, she lived in Santa Fe or still does. Um, and we were in Alamo, so just about 140, uh, miles away. And she said, Oh, you guys should come out to visit. And, um, we were like, oh, we don't, you know, we don't have a car. Like we were just 18 and <laughs> didn't have it, didn't have any of that. Um, and so she was like, just very jokingly, like, oh, you guys should, uh, you know, you guys should bike there. Um, and <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> and so I stuck to it and it was mostly, I'd say a good chunk of it was because I was very competitive and some of my, like, I was the only one that committed to it. And so um my other friends were like no you're not you know you know you're not going to be able to do it like i have friends that like that ride uh very often and you know they they can't do that on just a regular day or or anything you know thing a lot of things to discourage me like rightfully so because that was just that is just like a a stupid <laughs> <laughs> a stupid decision but um you know it i just took it very like personally and i was like oh they don't think i could do it you know um and so, yeah, I, I came, came back from Portland after just doing a race, like the Portland track festival. I, uh, spent, you know, a few days there, flew back to Denver, drove down like four hours from Denver to Alamosa. And then I just told the guys like, I'm, I'm going to do it. Like, I'm just going to leave tomorrow and I'll make it, you know, I was very confident that I would. <laughs> and so they were like, well, okay. You know, like they were just, they just had to accept it and uh, so the next morning I got up, uh, I had a slice of pizza, um, cause th- that was kind of the only thing that was around. Then I got on my, uh, like 30 year old bike and I just rode for about 10 hours and, uh, oh yeah. I mean, rode for 10 hours, but in that, that same morning, because there's nothing to eat. I mean, I had that slice of pizza then and there, and then I looked in the cabinets and there was like one package of oatmeal of like like a strawberries and cream oatmeal packet. And so I just threw that in the bag. I like got two liters of water, put that in a backpack, um, you know, and then I set off with like my iPod with my music just blaring. <laughs> uh, and uh, about, at about 70 miles, I, I was like, oh, I'm pretty hungry. And so I stopped on the side of the road and I had my oatmeal packet, um, just <laughs> took it down with water uh, and then kept going. <laughs> and, you know, I, I made it uh, no flats, nothing like that. Uh, somehow, you know, it's just like, just everything worked out for me. You know, uh, I only had one gear on the bike because it was, it was so broken. 
And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, I had to get a ride back because <laughs> uh, <laughs> once I once I got over there, uh, Noelle and her family saw my bike and they were just like, we're not going to let you, uh, you know, we're not going to let you ride back for sure. And like, I just had no choice at that point. And so I got to ride back and <laughs> definitely a little bit embarrassing, but you know, but I'm very happy that I did it. <laughs> have you, have you learned about sports nutrition since, uh, since that day? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd say <laughs> I've like <laughs> taken a few classes since then, but it was, uh, it was strange. I know. I think like the, like what I wanted most are just like, I mean, I guess just sugary drinks was, was kind of it, you know, like I didn't, like, I wasn't extremely hungry at the end of the day. Like, I think I just had a normal <laughs> dinner. Like, you know, I think I was just so depleted of like, like sugar and electrolytes that that's the only thing that I, that my body craved. Uh, and, but yeah, I mean, I, I was fine the next day I got up and I think I ran like 10 miles, nine or 10 miles. And <laughs> I wasn't too sore, you know? So <laughs> Yeah. So the next piece of that bio, born in California, raised in Tanzania, speaks Spanish. Talk mm-hmm. to me about the different places you've lived and and how that's been a part of um, your growth. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I guess, yeah, I mean, a little bit more into who Sydney is, is this, yeah, like I, I was born in California and I, I lived there until I was about two, two years old. Then I, I moved back to Tanzania. Um with my parents or just with my mom while my dad was still in the States. Um, and so, yeah, there, I kind of, I grew up being a, a Tanzanian kid. I, I knew Swahili. Um, you know, I, I knew a little bit of English because I went to an English school and, um, you know, just always dreamed of going back to the States because of like the stories that I was told because I just had no memories of it. And so, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely, uh, grew up there and like just was definitely a, a like a city kid in in Tanzania you know like it was like you know my life was very well set up to just me staying there uh and then once I was seven I I you know my parents made the decision that they wanted uh me to move back to the states like my place of birth and uh and so I kind of got on a plane with like a with a marshal and <laughs> and just flew back to the states um and then started my life there again and that was kind of just like just a, a whole new chapter you know i was so like so like it was such a different place to me you know because all i'd known was rural tanzania and you know i had broken english uh, just because my only experience was at school and yeah from there i uh i ended up living with one of my dad's uh, old running buddies and just kind of ended it ended up staying there for until I was done with high school and um Juan uh my adoptive dad is from Mexico and so is all all of his family and so they they speak Spanish in the house um like English and Spanish but I definitely had to catch on um you know just because those the languages just do mix there and so yeah I, I caught on I like lost Swahili uh, and I learned English and Spanish pretty quickly there. And yeah. yeah and then from there, it just, that's kind of when the story uh, flips to the Adam state chapter and um, the Tin man chapter, you know, there's, you know, you know, my running career is kind of mixed in with all of those for sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, I would, I would definitely separate my life up in, into those sections. What were the first couple of years back in America like for you? 
Um, it was, you know, I was a very quiet kid, um, because of like the language barrier. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I just, I was, I definitely chose my words very carefully just because I, I wasn't totally sure if I was like, if I was sounding, you know, like educated or like, like I knew English, you know? Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was, it was great because like I, Juan has a, as a son, that's just about my age, just a few months older than I am. And so, you know, really in, in terms of like my regular little kid life of just like playing with toys and doing homework or whatever, it was, it was very simple. It was very much like Tanzania. It was just, you know, it was just in a whole different language. And so I'd say that was like my biggest, my biggest change. It was, it was very hard to like get down like communication with the people that I lived with. Um, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Has that been a part of your life that you've reconnected with it at some point? Or is that, as you said, sort of two separate identities? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I have, uh, I have visited Tanzania. Um, I went there about Thanksgiving of 2017. So it was about 14 years, 14 years after I'd left. And so, you know, it was, it was totally a foreign country. I had some vague memories of like the places we walked by or like the people that like my family members pretty much, uh, that I met there, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, there's still very two different parts of my life, you know, cause, uh, you know, um, of my two families, if you'd say like my Mexican family and my Tanzanian family, like the, you know, the only connection are, are my, like my biological dad and my adoptive dad. And, you know, they, they don't really mingle. And so it's just, it's just kind of, uh, it's just definitely hard to mesh them together and, and put them back together. Uh, yeah. Got it. Cool. Um, and then jumping back to Adam State, talk to me about being a D two athlete and what that experience was like for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I I don't regret it one bit. You know, I think there is that like, uh, you know, throughout like through to the time that I was at Adams, and even now, people are you know ask me like why I didn't transfer. Um, but you know, I think that. I'm happy with staying in D2 um, for as long as I did because of like, just definitely the, like, you know, I'd say a lot of my team had a chip on their shoulder because of the D2 name, you know, Um, we, you know, Adam state had a, has a very storied pro like history and program. And, um, and we just felt like we were left out of a lot of conversations and that was kind of cool to be a part of because like, we, we always reached for more, you know, we were always ready to like, you know, do the next thing. And that was very much my, my attitude towards running growing up was like, like, okay, like, you know, I've achieved this and that's great. But like, now what's, what's next, you know, I was able to kind of flip onto the next uh, thing very quickly. And so, yeah, I mean, a lot of my teammates weren't quite the, the recruits that I was coming out of high school. And so I just, love seeing that too, because like, there's so much development around me. Um, you know, I could be proud of like, of people getting better in the 5k by a minute, you know, and that's not something that I might've seen in, uh, in a D1 program because they may, they may never have like been accepted into that team or, or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of dynamics that I felt like I would have missed out on, uh, at a D1 program. Uh, but then there are other like things that I do wonder about. I think the, the big debate, um, on, on here on Tin Man is like, 
definitely it's like it's something that maybe i'm teased about i uh just i always say like oh i think i could have been a a d1 all-american for sure and maybe even a national champion you know that's that's something that i'll that i'll always say uh but you know the guys who have who were all in division one uh you know they they kind of they like to give me you know tease me a little bit and say oh no you wouldn't have knowing that <laughs> you know knowing that like i i had a pretty successful uh career at adams um and so yeah i think i would have loved to see like where i would have stacked up on a on a championship day uh in d1 and but i'd say that's that's all that i'm missing you know i i don't ask i wouldn't have i wouldn't ask for more than that cool what's uh what are you most excited about for 2021 2021 yeah uh i'd say very centered around the the olympic trials and the olympics um you know i think right now uh you know my my prime goal is to make the olympic trials and i think once i can secure my spot there then i can think about you know making one of those teams um and so yeah it's it's very much june and june to august is where i'm very excited about uh you know if if i don't make that olympic team i'm still very excited to uh, hopefully go out to Europe and, and race there because that's something that that really like changes some people's careers. You know, I think like, you know, you could become a whole new runner in two months by all the opportunities that you may get in 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 the different races across Europe. And so, um, yeah, just definitely taking a, a very big step in in my own running career uh, and seeing where that takes me and seeing if like, I'll have it in this Olympic cycle or maybe the next one. Cool. What is, um, what does success look like and mean to you? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think it's changed up for sure. Uh, through the years, like I said, when I was young, I was, you know, success to me was, were those like time barriers were those like Mm -hmm. maybe those medals that I, that I won, like maybe being a regional champ or sectional champ or whatever that was success. But I know as of recent, like over the last two or three years, I have, I have had some struggles, like I said, with that overtraining or, or other things in, in life. Um, and so it does sound a little cliche, but it, it's just definitely being able to like come back and like put yourself at a high level again, you know, um, it can be personal as well, I guess, you know, I think like, I don't want to say that's, that should be the definition for everyone, but. I think for me as of recent is just like, yeah, being able to kind of get back up and, and like learn from, learn from the past mistakes. You know, I think right now is, um, I used to run 110 miles a week in college and, and, uh, you know, and I thought that was the best thing for me, but now I, now I run 80 miles a week and, uh, it's a little bit more optimal and, uh, I've just like learned to be confident with that and learn that like, I can be just as good of a runner with that. And it's like all about knowing where I put my chips rather than all in on running. I can put some chips on lifting and strength sessions, some chips on just recovery in general, uh, you know, and then, you know, a good amount of those chips in running. And so just knowing how to, to do, to like achieve your goals in much more efficient ways is, is definitely a form of success to me because yeah, uh, you know, I think sometimes I look back at those like very, really big training blocks in in college, and you know, I, I'm a, I'm a little bit upset because it feels like I I did way too much for the for the things that I gained. I guess. 
Yeah, I love that. What is um what does balance mean to you? Balance. Um, you know, I'm I'm definitely working on that. Um, you know, uh, it's something that I didn't have again, you know, like I said in college. It's, it's being able to like to kind of put yourself into different situations and um develop different things in your life. Uh, but also being able to say no, you know, in certain situations, uh, you know, I think right now a a good example of me putting my chips into other things and in life or, you know, uh, just with quarantine and like the lack of racing, I've been able to put a little bit more time towards, uh, you know, just hanging out with my girlfriend and, uh, developing that relationship and knowing that that's like a part of my life that like I want to develop, uh, very well. Um, and then also taking the time to, to call home a little bit more often and whatnot. It's just, you know, yeah, it's just kind of being able to do more things, do a lot of things without toppling over, you know, because I definitely have mm-hmm. to say no. You know, there are times where uh, some of my friends may want to go out and, you know, I don't feel I don't feel bad about saying no because I know that, like, that could be the thing that, that topples me over that makes it very hard to be balanced and so yeah it's just um handling a lot of you know the right amount of things and and being able to do all those things um very well cool so uh, one of the questions i like to ask on the podcast is about um what do you know now that you wish you knew when you started running you've talked at length about overtraining and and dropping mileage from 110 back down to 80. So let's leave that one out of it. What, what, what else do you wish you knew when you started running Mm -hmm. or maybe as a, as a college runner, a collegiate runner? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd say the biggest thing is definitely letting loose, you know? Um, I think I, I would have survived and I would have had the same career if I just kind of wasn't as high strung sometimes, you know? Um, you know, I like, it kind of goes, it just goes back to balance, you know? Um, like I wish I had gone out to get drinks a little bit more often and, you know, that doesn't mean I, I went to go get hammered or get like, you know, 10 drinks in the night, but you know, it, it just been nice to like go get a beer or just, you know, have a, like have a, you know, like a, like a meal, like a big meal with like, you know, going out or whatever, like a fast food meal every once in a while, you know, even though that's not mm-hmm. technically the right thing to do as a, as a distance runner, it's just, you have to kind of like loosen up, you know, let the reins go a little bit so that you can, so you feel good there. And, you know, it's not, it's not another thing that you withheld yourself from doing, um, while you are. Yeah, I think that's something, I, I, I think that's something I've learned as well. I mean, obviously I'm not a professional runner, but my, my own running has improved as I've sort of gotten, I don't want to say looser with, diet i still eat what i need to eat and then you know leave leave room for the fun stuff but mm-hmm. um i i also used to be like way more strict about it and mm-hmm. i've found that you know as the volume picks up the ice cream is great and the pizza is great and yeah. it's like there there's definitely there's definitely room for that as long as um as long as you're getting in the stuff that that your body is craving and and needs for recovery purposes exactly yeah i mean like reed uh who you've had before is like 
he says that he eats ice cream every night, you know, um, which, you know, may, may not be the right thing for you or for me or for anyone that's listening and just, but like, that's the way that he can yeah. like keep himself going and training. Um, and so, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's, it's, it, it's like pretty ridiculous that sometimes we, we think like, you know, yeah, one pint of ice cream or one slice of pizza is going to be the make or break it in terms of a whole season. You know, it's like, yeah if you've done everything right for 95% of the time, like you can have five, you know, 5% of the time where you, you know, where you cheat or whatever, you know, where you have a little bit of fun. Yeah. yeah. I think it's just more, uh, more like planned, planned outside the box or, or, you know, there's definitely a better way to put that, but mm-hmm. um, you know, sort of setting yourself up for success by doing things like that. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Cool. What do you wish people knew about you? Um, you know, let's see. I mean, that's, I guess that's something that I haven't really thought of. I guess it's, it's, a, it's very much an introspection thing. Um, you know, I, I'd say that like, that, I, you know, that I am not just a runner, you know, I think that's kind of in the past, that's like what I've portrayed myself as, uh, for sure. And so that's a bit on me, you know? Um, but yeah, like they're, there are, you know, certain things about me that, that I would enjoy if people knew, you know, that like, um, you know, like I, you know, and like the certain type of music I like, you know, maybe like that's something that I'm passionate about. And like, I love, you know, I love to, I love to run with music, you know, and that's like, um, that's just like a time where I can explore new, new music and, and enjoy like that aspect of life. Uh, but otherwise, you know, I'm a, a very chill guy. Um, I was just like working in the garden with uh, with my girlfriend uh, yesterday, and that's something that I really enjoy. Uh, it's it's very new to me, but it's like it's very relaxing, and it's just it's just awesome to like like do something that's so calming. Um, that like takes a lot of work for sure, but um, it's just something that you can work at every day, just a little bit, and chip away at it, and you can. Um, you know, and you can enjoy the the fruits, you know, at, at the end and all that. But, um, just like, you know, that I, I just do enjoy myself outside of, uh, outside of running and, um, and just life in general. Cool. Well, if we want to follow along with your adventures in Boulder and beyond, uh, where can we find you on social media? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm most active on, on Instagram, uh, just, sydney underscore get underscore um you know if you follow me as well as my teammates uh on tin man elite that are on tin man elite at tin man elite i think is the handle uh you know that's where you'll see most of most of my adventures and all that and you know thanks for listening and uh if if anyone has questions you know um anyone that's listening they can always uh send me a message i may not be immediate with it um but i will eventually get to it and so just know that you know my dms are open (laughs) (laughs) awesome sydney thanks so much for uh for coming on to chat and hope to see you out in boulder at some point uh in the near future yeah sounds good yeah thank you for having me for sure that's it for today's episode like many long runs it's sad when it has to end i hope you join in next week on for the long run and in the meantime happy trails If you've enjoyed this episode, it would mean a lot to me if you shared it so that others can find it and enjoy it too.